Think about the big events in your life, the events where everything changed and nothing would ever be the same. Uh, think about tonight the groundbreaking events in your life. Maybe, maybe it was a birth, a birth that you now saw with new eyes and your heart learned to love in a way you never knew and everything was different. It still is different. Maybe it was a birth or maybe it was a death, a death that changed how you moved, how you thought, how you perceived, a, a, a death that whatever life was like before, now everything was different, still is different. Or maybe it was a wedding day. And now there are new considerations and there are new roles and there's new ups and downs. A wedding that changed everything and made life different still is different. Maybe it was some happy time. Or maybe in your life it was some terrible time. Maybe it was an event all the way back to your childhood. Maybe it's an event in your recent past. But it was an event that made everything different still is different. Tonight we turn in our gospel account for 52 nights and for 11 chapters we have talked about the life and the ministry of Jesus. And now for 48 nights and 10 last chapters we will talk about the most important week in human history. We will talk about the event that made everything different still is different. For 48 nights and for 10 last chapters, we will be witness to the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Be sure tonight the most important, greatest, most love-propelled week in human history. Tonight our message is entitled, Prepare the Lamb. Prepare the Lamb. Tonight we're in John chapter 11 and we're going to finish that chapter verses 55 through 57, and then John chapter 12, moving to the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 11, verses 55 through 57, and then chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Prepare the Lamb. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. John chapter 11, verse 55 says this. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up to Jerusalem out of the country before the Passover to purify themselves. So they were seeking for Jesus and were saying to one another as they stood in the temple, what do you think, that he will not come to the feast at all? Verse 57, now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he was to report it so that they might seize him. Verse chapter 12 now. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus is one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was intending to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, 
but because he was a thief and he had the money box. He used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The large crowd of the Jews then learned that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. But the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight, we're thankful tonight. We praise you tonight. We worship you tonight. We're thankful for a Savior. We're thankful for a hope. We're thankful for peace. We're thankful for the truth of your word in which you speak to us. Lord, we're thankful for the rain that we hear falling. We praise you for it. Lord, we come and on this night, and I, I pray that it would truly be a tremendous evening, an awesome evening, an, an unexpected evening in which we hear the voice of our Lord, the, the voice of God tonight through your word. Lord, I, I pray that we would be encouraged tonight, we would be lifted up, that we would be instructed as your people in living in these last days. Lord, I pray if there are some and, and maybe many that do not know you, I pray that on this very night, seeing Jesus sing my Lord through his own words, that tonight they would be saved, that they would turn to you in faith. Lord, we give you this night. We trust it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. When we left off, if you remember, Jesus and his disciples had left Jerusalem and they had retreated to the Judean wilderness about 20 miles north. Now, there they had spent the last two months before Jesus would re-enter Jerusalem for the Passover week. That week will include his own sacrificial death as the Lamb of God. So again, he has left the area, he has retreated, and now he is coming back to Jerusalem. Let's start in our verses in verse 55. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up to Jerusalem out of the country before the Passover to purify themselves. Now I want you to remember the observance of Passover was a hallmark event in the life of a Jew. It was a huge event, a big event in the life of a Jew. Every year they would remember the Passover event in which God delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. However, the observance had become a remembrance not just of the Passover lamb event, but really of all of the events of God's deliverance from Egypt. Uh, during this time, there was a great focus on the lamb, securing the lamb, preparing the lamb, offering the lamb. And at the same time, there was a deep awareness that this is the event that led to the people's escape from slavery, their escape from bondage and their movement to freedom. And so they understood the hugeness of this event. They remembered it was this event that resulted in their standing one day in the blessed promised land. This was the event that tipped it off, that ended with their standing one day in the blessed promised land. The estimates are that as many as a million people 
would travel to Jerusalem for the observance and for the festivities of the Passover. So it is a big event. Listen to verse 55 again. Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up to Jerusalem out of the country before the Passover to purify themselves. Now verse 56. So they were seeking for Jesus and were saying to one another as they stood in the temple, what do you think, that he will not come to the feast at all? For the last couple of Passovers, in fact, for the last couple of festival events, it was known that Jesus would be in Jerusalem. It was well known that Jesus had been in Jerusalem. Uh, it was during these times that he taught. Many of them had heard his teaching. It was at these times that he performed many of his miracles. Well, this year, the crowd expected Jesus to be there. Because of the past, they expected Jesus to be there. Now, not only that, this year they hoped that Jesus would be there. And so they were wondering, where is Jesus? Is he not here? Would he not come to the event at all? Verse 57. Now, the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he was to report it so that they might seize him. The enemies of Christ already set to kill him, already decided in their verdict against him, had put out the word that if anyone knew where Jesus was, they were to report it so that they might seize him. Once again, be sure tonight, the Pharisees have decided at this point it is the end of the road for Jesus. They have decided, they have declared it ends now. They have had all they want, and they have declared it ends now for Jesus. Chapter 12, verse 1. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Be sure of this. Jesus knew the significance of this week. Jesus knew the events coming in the week ahead. It was no surprise to him. He knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew it was the Passover lamb's blood that was pointing to the deliverance in his own soon shed blood. Jesus knew it was the Passover lamb's sacrifice that was pointing to his own soon coming sacrifice. Jesus knew the events of that week led to freedom in the blessed promised land. He also knew the events of the coming week would likewise lead to freedom and entrance in faith to the blessed promised lamb. Jesus knew he as the true Passover lamb was making the way to his own altar, the cross of Calvary. You understand that? He knew what was happening. He understood the significance of the week. He made his way to Jerusalem. He made his way to the stop in Bethany as the true Passover lamb. Most likely, he arrived in Bethany on Friday night. Now, there was a travel restriction on the Sabbath. And so most likely, he got there sometime Friday evening. Uh, most likely, he stayed at the home of his dear friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, there in the village of Bethany. Verse 2, so they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving, 
But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. From all of the gospel accounts, this supper was on Saturday evening after 6 o'clock, after the conclusion of the observance of the Sabbath. Most likely, it was at the home of Simon the leper. It wasn't with Mary and Martha. It wasn't at their house. It was with them, but not at their house. Most likely, it was at the home of Simon the leper. Probably this man, Jesus, had healed of leprosy. So this is a thankful man. This is a man that was given back his life from the miraculous work of Jesus. Now, the societal norms would have said that he was probably still an outcast because of his former condition. They knew he was healed, but people would still talk about his condition. And so even healed, even with a new life, he is still an outcast. Yet Jesus is found at his house. It is interesting to me, at the table was Lazarus, also given his life back in the miraculous work of Jesus. Now, I think about this evening, I think about this dinner, and I like to think of it as a meal, mostly of people that love Jesus. And I think that's what this meal was. There were some there, yes, but I think this was a meal mostly of people that truly loved Jesus. Now, I want you to see some things. Notice it says Martha was serving. Martha was serving. Now, here's what I think. I I think there are some that write her off too quickly. They say, well, Martha, you know, Martha, she was too busy. And maybe you've heard a, a sermon about being too busy for the Lord. And they would say, oh, oh, Martha was too busy or, or she was preoccupied. She, she should have put her eyes on Jesus. She was preoccupied. I don't think so. I think she loved Jesus. I think she deeply loved Jesus and her way of showing it was to graciously serve Jesus. To, to, to care for Jesus, to, to tend to Jesus, to dote on him and to make sure that he had everything that he needed. I think that's how she showed her deep love for Jesus. Part of the process of securing and preparing the family Passover lamb was that the family, once they secured the lamb, usually the kids would feed it. They would take care of it. They would tend to the lamb. Well, here on this night, unnoticed by most people, Martha fed the lamb. She cared for the lamb that came to save her life, that would save her life and ours as well. See this tonight. Martha cared for the lamb. She cared for the lamb. Verse 3. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Mary, we read in the gospel accounts, takes an alabaster jar, an expensive alabaster jar. She breaks it open. Uh, Once it is open, it cannot be sealed again. The contents are exposed. She breaks it open. And inside that alabaster jar, there is a pound of pure nard. It was a perfumed oil from the nard root. It was worth 
a year's pay. Now, I want you to think about this for just a second. Just the jar uh, was, was extravagant. Just the jar was expensive. But the contents of the jar are worth a year's pay. And so she breaks the jar. She pours out a year's worth of pay, and she wipes his feet. Now, understand this. To wash somebody's feet was a sign that a person had no or little value. It was a job given not to any slave, but to the lowest of slaves. Well, I want you to see this. She not only does it, she does it with her own hair. Now see this tonight. It is a great, great, unspeakable act of humility. And as she walks in there and as she breaks open that jar and as she pours out a a year's worth of pay and as she bends down and with her hair, she begins to to wash his feet. All of the eyes would have been astounded. All of the eyes would have been shocked. Is she really doing that? They would have been watching that. I recently read this jar and this perfume would have most likely been her entire net worth. It would have most likely been all that she had. I also read this. To give away all of her wealth would have made her unattractive for possible suitors, and because of this act, most likely she would never marry. I want you to see this tonight. Mary... Literally, listen, literally, not symbolically, literally demonstrated, Jesus, you're worth more than silver. Jesus, you're worth more than gold. Jesus, she actually shows that you're worth more than my personal comfort. Jesus, you're worth more than all that I've saved in my past. You're worth more than all I've planned for my future and all that I have, Jesus. Because you're so valuable, I pour out on you. Friends, listen to me tonight. Do you want to know what worship looks like? You want to know what worship of Jesus looks like? This is what it looks like. Nothing is held back. Nothing is kept in reserve. Lord, you're worthy of it all, so I pour it all out on you. So see this. Mary honors the lamb. Mary honors the lamb. He's about to be rejected, the vilest form of rejection. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be spat upon. He will be stripped naked. He'll be whipped and beaten. But for now, the precious lamb is honored and cared for. Did you know in the gospel of Mark that he is so impressed by this act of worship, he wrote... And wherever the gospel is proclaimed, they will talk of it. Did you know 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it? Listen to me. Don't you want to worship like that? Wouldn't you like to worship like that? Why wouldn't we worship like that? He is our Savior. Why not pour it all out, all of it? He is worthy. She holds nothing back. Verse 4. But Judas Iscariot, 
one of his disciples who was intending to betray him said, verse 5, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Over a year's pay. Over a year's pay. People, people take notice of that. I wonder if the other disciples, the other folks there are watching as well. Good grief, over a year's pay, verse six. Now he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. It's interesting, I think Judas and his hatred for Jesus was a growing thing. That's what I think about Judas. I think maybe it didn't start this way. This is now three years in, and maybe at one time he hoped that he would be a political king and he could get, he could get behind that. Or maybe he hoped that he would ride his coattails and one day he would have a position and he could get behind that. Maybe he hoped one day there would be a personal gain. Since there wasn't, he'll steal from the money box. And I believe his hatred for Jesus was a growing thing. Three years in, he is a thief and he stole from the treasury of the Messiah. Verse seven. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. Verse 8 with it. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Now, these two verses sound a little bit strange, a little bit weird. They most literally translate, leave her alone. She has kept it for the day of my burial. That's what it means. She has kept this. She didn't sell it. She has kept it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor. Jesus doesn't say don't take care of the poor, but he says, I soon will not be with you. See here tonight, Mary prepares the lamb. Mary prepares the lamb for burial. In the Jewish Passover observance, they would secure the lamb, they would feed it, they would tend to it, they would prepare the lamb. And then at the set time, at the prescribed time, the, the father of the family would then take the lamb and sacrifice the lamb. It would be killed as a memorial to the lambs that died in Egypt. That lamb shed its blood so that those in faith under the blood would be saved. Well, see tonight, Jesus, the perfect lamb, was prepared for his sacrifice. And with his death imminent for the sins of the world, here on this night, Mary prepares his body, even while he was yet living, she prepares him, the lamb of God, for his death at the altar of the cross. Mary prepares the lamb. Stay with me. See this. Also, in the Jewish tradition, when a person died, the family and the friends would take the body, they would wash the body, they would wrap it with spices and herbs and perfumes if they could afford it. They would do the best they can. 
The amount that they could secure, they would secure. The, the quality that they could secure, they would secure. But they would take the best that they could, spices and herbs and perfumes, if they could afford it, and they would prepare the body for burial. Friends, listen to this. It is fitting that the amount of perfume that Mary poured on Jesus a year's worth of money, a year's worth of pay, an extravagant amount of money, a crazy amount of money. Listen to me. It is fitting that the amount of perfume that she poured on Jesus, listen, would have only been used on a king. It would have only been used on a king. Listen to me tonight. See this. Mary anoints our king. Soon, yes, he's going to go to the cross of Calvary. Soon, yes, he will die for sinners. Soon, yes, he will have a place in a borrowed grave. But listen to me. Soon and just as soon, he will walk out of that grave and the lamb that was slain will stand as the king that reigns. And on this night, listen to me, on the hills outside of Jerusalem, in a small dinner with his family and friends, the heir of David, the king of Israel, the king of kings, the king of glory is anointed by Mary. He is our lamb. He is our king. She anoints the king, marks the king. He is our lamb. He is our king. Verse 9. The large crowd of the Jews then learned that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they also might see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead, verse 10. But the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death also. He's expendable because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. Jesus is our lamb. Jesus is our king. Let's pray. Dream Father, we come tonight. We're so thankful for this picture. I'm so thankful for, for the truth, not a symbolic truth, but a literal truth of the perfect Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world, my sins in there. I'm so thankful for the truth of a king that today reigns in glory. I'm so thankful that in your grace, by faith, I'm saved by that Lamb, and I'm drawn into fellowship with that king. Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you for that. Lord, I, I pray as we conclude this time together that we have seen yet another picture of you, that our love for you has grown stronger. Lord, I, I pray for somebody that's hearing tonight, maybe somewhere, somewhere in a distant place, that tonight they would see the beauty of a lamb that's also a king. Lord, I pray that they would turn to you today. Remove any hindrance, remove any barrier. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd be glorified in all of it, every piece of it, that you'd be known and that you'd be glorified. We're thankful on this night for this picture, this truth, for your word. We trust all this to you now. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service with a time of response, a time of invitation, a time to respond to the truth of God's word. And that's really all this is about is a time to hear the truth of a risen Savior a hope that endures even yet today. 
that we would trust Jesus. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you the good news is he loves you. He knows you. He sees you. He sent his only begotten son, motivated in that great love to come and die for you, taking your penalty, dying your death, securing your redemption, the cross of Calvary. The Bible says he dies, he pays the penalty. The lamb does. They take the lamb, they put him in a grave. Three days later, he comes out of the grave with a receipt in his hand. It's paid for. It is finished in Jesus. He stands as the risen Savior, our King, our Lord, Jesus. The Bible says if you'll believe in him, if you'll trust in the truth of him, not of anything that you ought to do or could do, you can't do anything, but by faith in him, the Bible says this, you shall be saved. If you've never trusted Christ, trust him tonight. Trust him tonight. Don't go to bed tonight without it settled. Trust him tonight. He will save you. He will save you. If you've trusted Christ, but you've never fought on believer's baptism, I want to give you an opportunity as well to come and say, you know what? I do believe in Christ. I've trusted him. But I want the testimony of baptism to stand in my life. And so you come as well in obedience to Jesus. We'll set a date, and it'll be a great day of, of testimony, of celebration of who our Savior Jesus is. If you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it, and you believe God has led you here, you come as well. Together we'll stand on his word. We'll preach his gospel and uphold his glory till he comes again. Maybe on this Tuesday night you want to come and pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to come pray for the remaining nights of this, that God would take it and bless it and multiply it. I'm going to ask that no one would hurt head for an exit, no one would stir about, that you would pray for those that are making decisions. As we stand and sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out, you come on, I'll meet you here.